gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Talent Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me, as always, Mike cut his penis off to win a Super Bowl, Regan. Mike, how you doing today? It just won't stop, Adam. <laughs> what, the, the, the storm the snow, or cutting your the penis snow off? just won't stop. I haven't been to my civilian job this week. There's been driving bans. It's just been a cycle of going out, shoveling, snowing, or shoveling, snow plowing, moving cars, and then getting shit taken care of, going back inside just for the snow to start again. You think the Bills have had any chance to do any football stuff? Uh, yeah, they have an indoor practice facility, so they're probably they're fine. How did they get there, though? Yeah, I don't know. There's a driving ban. That, that's different. <laughs> and if I, if there's anybody listening... You're right. <clears throat> this, this is important. Anybody who... It's NFL football. Anybody who's listening who lives in the 716 and right now from where they are is thinking, it hasn't really been that bad. Congratulations on living in North Buffalo and like the North Towns, Niagara Falls area. That must be nice. I'm in the South Towns, right outside of South Buffalo, and uh, we're right next to that goddamn Lake Erie. <laughs> So the lake effect snow just keeps whipping the shit out of us. And there was even a thing where like there was like these two bands and they started moving up north. And then at one point the weather like forecast report was saying that those bands were going to flip a pop a fucking Yui and start coming back down. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. We like, I was up at the, I was up super early this morning. Once again, clearing out the driveway from last night's snow and I go inside and then at like nine o'clock, I look outside and once again, it's fucking snowing sideways, all windy, coming down heavy. So why don't you just not bother shoveling until the snow's done? It's really bad if you let it build up like that, because like if you go out right after it's done snowing, it's like super soft. The snow plow of uh, the snow blower we have like we'll drive, cut right through it. Easy to shovel all that shit. If you wait, it packs down, gets heavy, gets rough. So Is that snowblower gas-powered or electric-powered? It's, it's gas. So you hate the environment. I, do, I don't saying. think a, I, I just – I love the environment. We're tight, but I, I don't think an electric-powered snow, snow plow would, or blower would uh, do as well. Got it. You like the environment as long as it's not inconvenient for you. Also, like, super cold things are not good for – electric things so i don't know how well that would work either so <laughs> mike all you have to say is that you hate the environment i love the environment i hump mike is global warming fake is that what you're I trying just to hump say trees all the time <laughs> if i see a nice while well, you eat your factory farm meat <laughs> use your gas power snowblower if i see a nice redwood while i'm driving i'm pulling the car over it's go time now that people can uh clip and sound bite i hump trees all the time maybe we should talk football <laughs> Think so? I think so. Sure about that. Sure about that. Sure about that. Well, Mike, we're going to the divisional round, the Big D, they call it. Before we get to the games, can I uh, just jump in on a couple points that we didn't get to say on the? You want to talk about it when we talk about the games that are relevant to that? Yeah, I like that. Let's do that. It's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call me Adam the Genius. All right, Mike. Figure we could. Uh, could start off here with the the one seed games, the bye t- bye week teams going up against the 49ers is the Packers going out to San Francisco, going across the bridge just like the start of Full House. Mm-hmm. Uh, this match 
weirdly feels historic to me, although I'm not really sure why. Like, Green what? Bay was, like, good in the early years of the NFL, and then was just, like, dog shit until Brett Favre came to town. Yeah. And the 49ers were good in the middle there. It feels like the, both these teams haven't been good at the same time until, like, the last four years. Like, the very end of Rodgers, very beginning of the Shanahan ascension. But for some reason in my head, it's like, ah, historical. Packers and Niners. You're not wrong. Like, the NFL was so happy. Like, they would have been happy either way. <laughs> yeah, they probably would have been happy if Dallas made it to the division right. round. That's a good point. Because <laughs> either way, they were getting two of, like, their, like, most known, like, historic franchises in the NFC Championship game. So they'd have been happy either way. But this one is fun because I'm more happy it's this matchup because it meant we got the uh, the embarrassment of the Cowboys to watch their fans lose their mind. Can you believe McCarthy's coming back? Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking, I, I read a note where I just wrote, Mike McCarthy stayed in the building and Dak is on a contract year. Let's run it back, baby. Yeah. Everyone back in the building. Same <laughs> wow. shit. Different calendar year. Dak's back in a contract year. I love looking at the Dallas stats at the end of the game and then remembering what that game was like. Like, yeah. we exist in a universe where both Luke Musgrave was so open on a touchdown that it looks like a practice rep, and also Dak Prescott threw, went uh, 41 for 60 for 403 yards and three touchdowns in a game that they were never close in. Mm -hmm. what, was your, what was your favorite part? Of Green Bay at Dallas. Was it when they waited until the fourth quarter to cut to Jerry Jones, who looked like the life had left his body? Although he's kind of looked that way for a few years now. So my favorite part was late in the game when it felt like Green Bay basically ran the score up. That that last touchdown, it was on fourth and two from the Dallas three. And I mean, they were up 48-16. Uh, they could have just kicked the field goal. Not like it mattered. But then Jordan Love threw like a Mahomesian throw, just a fucking piss missile of a sidearm into a tight window like I, I i was impressed jordan love was playing well but i texted you when that one happened it was like i think i said like holy fuck or jesus christ jordan love or something like that because <laughs> it was just like where whoa like where did that one come from that wasn't like a wide open receiver or anything it was it was beautiful it was a thing of art so i i did uh i did enjoy that also gotta mention my other one pro dallas point the only happy guy in the locker room afterwards Three touchdown Jake Ferguson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who Who's the sicko out there who bet th to score three-plus touchdowns, Jake Ferguson, and right now is out buying himself a Bentley? Oh, my God. Someone put 15 bucks on that just to send it to the group chat as a joke and then yeah. turn that into their next mortgage payment. Yeah. So. I will, notes. from now on, remember Green Bay Dallas as – maybe the most fun football game I've ever watched. Yeah, it was a like slightly bittersweet. No, it wasn't bittersweet at all. I was loving it. I was bummed at the end of the year because Dak still had a phenomenal year and was out of the MVP running all because of that Buffalo game, basically. It's a, that was a bummer for Dak. I mean, we talked about one specific player, but still, if you're not a Cowboys fan, everybody loves to see the bad things happen to the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. I spent the last so. two, three years being a Dak defender. Like, people mm -hmm. people love to break out that he's just Kirk Cousins. And I've been I've spent years being like, no, no, no. He's great at reading defenses. After his leg injury, he runs less, but he's gotten better as a passer, and occasionally will still break out the run. He's a very good quarterback. And then still, like, partway through this game, after he throws the pick six, 
I'm just fucking loving it, man. I'm laughing yeah. out loud in my apartment alone that whole game. The yeah. Luke Musgrave wide open touchdown. I already touched on that. It is ridiculous. Look at screenshots of that touchdown. <laughs> there's not a, there's not a defender within 30 yards of him. He stops moving and just stands still waving his arms, and no one comes over to stop the pass. Yeah, did I miss the the news? Was like Gilmore and Ron Bland both out? I know Gilmore was. Was Bland okay. out? I don't think Bland was out. Yeah, I don't think so. But I mean that. But I guess when you take away like the vet who was playing so well, then you have a lot of shit coming at the lesser experienced, the more inexperienced. To be the correct way to say that, Deron Bland. So. All right, what do you say? You want to you want to talk some uh Well, Deron Bland was great this season. What are you talking about? Anyways. <laughs> no, I spent with Stephon Gilmore the, out. Letting him off the fucking hook just being like, "Well, Stephon Gilmore is out, so of course Deron Bland underplayed." Come on. Uh the last thing I'll say is yeah, I was just surprised. I've been surprised in the past week cuz I thought that was the kind of performance where sweeping changes were coming and it has not felt like that. Well, how fucking so. long did Jerry Jones hold on to Jason Garrett for? Definitely, like, what felt like three years too long. <laughs> yeah, Jason Garrett was there for, like, nine years. Was Garrett calling this game? No, no, he called... Um, Lions-Rams? He he called on something NBC? on Saturday night. What was the Saturday night uh, okay. game? The NBC game would have been... Oh, was, oh, he was on the cock, I think, call, calling Chiefs-Dolphins, you're right. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which was just a terrible experience for all involved. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. So looking at looking at Packers Niners a little bit, there's now some buzz that the 49ers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes is going to get mm-hmm. poached for a head coaching job. I can see it? I can see it. But there's an outside chance we have three different former Mike Shanahan, not Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan defensive coordinators coaching teams in the league. Because mm-hmm. it would be uh, D'Amico Ryan, Robert Sala, and then Steve Wilkes all coaching different teams in the league. That is outrageous for a team that is completely known for its offense. Are they completely known for their offense? Half the half the teams in the league run the Shanahan system on offense. Yeah, that's true. But Are I think they the known no- for their offense? When you let you want to you want to just name 49ers in a row? Go by who you think is most important to the team, and we'll see who names a defensive player first. There, Mike. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> Actually, wait. Let me pull up there. I'm pulling up their roster real quick, and then we can play that game. Oh wait, never mind. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> They got the better Bosa. Yeah. If you did, <laughs> yes. if I didn't, if I didn't pull up the roster, and you were like the first two, and you told me to name Niners defenders, the first two I probably would have named would have been uh, Nick Bosa and then Fred Warner. Yeah, Fred Warner, who's another who had another All Pro season. Yeah, uh, Tominor Hufunga, get some safety in there. Yeah, Deshaun Gibson, another safety in there, but. Then you would have probably like started reading off names from the roster. I'd be like, "Fuck, I knew that. Fuck, I knew that. Fuck, I knew that." <laughs> but they wouldn't jump to my mind. So, I, all right, you are right. So, the, I was looking at this the last two times. The last time this team played, these two teams. Man, I really struggled through that. The last time these two teams played in the playoffs, it was the 2019 conference championship where Aaron Rodgers got eliminated. Oh wow. Yeah, which was two years before he left. So then the next year, they get eliminated by Tampa Bay, and then Aaron Rodgers goes. I'm taking my my talents to New Jersey. I really – like, it really feels like this Packers team's figured some shit out. I mean, first off, like, obviously, we were all underrating Matt LaFleur. Like, the guy went 13-3 yeah. and three in his first three seasons as a head coach, all of them with Aaron Rodgers, had one down year and just completely rebounded with Jordan Love. 
who now is apparently going to be the third quarterback in an unbroken line of MVP caliber quarterbacks in Green Bay. What are, what are Green Bay fans going to feel like when they get a lemon behind center? This yeah, this season was like huge for Matt Lafleur and like his perception because he was tied to Aaron Rodgers, and then some people be like, "He never won Aaron Rodgers a Super Bowl." <laughs> and all that crap. But now it's like, oh, he got into the playoffs, beat the two seed. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Beat the two seed with freaking like with Jordan Love, who played Jordan, really well down, down the stretch. Dontavian Wicks, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Luke Musgrave, and Tyler Kraft. Yeah. Some of these guys who last year it was like, Rodgers has no receivers. Who's he supposed to throw to? I, I know Wicks is a rookie. But I'm pretty sure Dubes and I know Watson was. I think Dubes was there last year as well, right? Watson and Dubs were there last year. Yeah. Musgrave, Kraft, and Dontavian Wicks are all rookies, and they have another yeah. guy on there, uh, Heath Miller, Miller Heath, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not Heath Miller. That's the former tight end for the Steelers. But they have uh, <laughs> that guy's also a rookie. Like this yeah. is this is by far the youngest team in the NFL right now. What do you keep looking around for? I don't know. Um, is there like someone uh, upstairs also, getting killed, and you're just trying to power through to record a podcast? <laughs> no. No, I heard a noise and I was like, oh God, it just gets super snowy and windy somehow. And I can, so bad I can hear it, but it was just the the heat coming on. Um, but if you're going to talk like veterans on this team, dude, Aaron Jones was a monster. Yeah. Did you, I, I think I sent you this or I, I might have sent it in a, a group chat, but did you see someone update his Wikipedia page to say that he was the owner of the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> no. But Aaron I Jones, love stuff like that. Aaron Jones had as many touchdowns on uh, Saturday, Sunday. When do they play? Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, could have been. It was, Saturday. It, was, it was a night game. He has made that was the cock game. Was the night game on Saturday? Right. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this weekend, Aaron Jones has made as many touchdowns as he had all season. Yeah, because he got hurt early in the year, and then I feel like. I don't know. Maybe we all thought like, ah, oh, he's been hurt, slowing him down. No, he just. I guess he knew. Like Jordan Love, everybody else, it's fine. They'll, they'll get us there. And then I'm just going to go monstrous. <laughs> I'm going to unleash all this energy I'm storing up. I mean, when that game for like a brief moment in like the third, where I felt like, oh, maybe the Cowboys can come back, get in this, the ball would go back to the Packers, and Aaron Jones was just like snatching souls out of every Dallas fan. First down, first down, first down, <laughs> unstoppable. And that fucking rookie right tackle on Green Bay also just did not let Micah Parsons do shit. This Green Bay team might have all been on HGH. Is it is also because I talked to like how big this is for like Lafleur not having Rodgers there without him having a good year. And then also like all the talk throughout the years with Rodgers was like Packers dr- like draft poorly. They won't get him weapons. They draft poorly. <laughs> and now all these young players are balling out for them. Yeah, they haven't it's missed like, a draft pick in two years. Like they've, do they're we like, draft poorly? They're 14 for 14 in the last two drafts somehow. Yeah. And everyone's like, these Packers can't draft. Yeah. Remember how fucking upset Rodgers got when they drafted Love? He like went out and won two MVPs after that. It's like, oh, yeah. he was upset because he knew he was he was good enough to supplant Rodgers. That's why yeah. he was upset about it. It was like when they drafted, it was a similar situation. They drafted Rodgers and Favre was there and he was like, the fuck? I'm not done yet. I'm only 65. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go make Wrangler ads yeah. and steal money from charity. <laughs> With Ted DiBiase. Just, Google no, Ted it, people. DiBiase's right. son. 
I think the dad was in that named in that suit as well. It was a, but it was he had so much money affair. already. Why did he need to steal more? <laughs> he was the million dollar man, Mike. There's the the thirty for thirty. What if I told you the million dollar man stole money from charities? What a <laughs> heel! Dark side, always dark side. Always 30. a heel. Living the gimmick, Ted. Um, but back. To I just this always game. think of him punting that kid's basketball. That was RVD. No, like the kid that was in the ring. Not the one yeah. like outside where and he really punts it the fuck away. I'm pretty sure that was the uh, vignette. There was one of them where the kid in it was RVD. Oh, the one. kid was RVD. I thought that you were yeah. saying RVD punted the... <laughs> no, oh. a very young RVD was a kid in one of those those vignettes. You know what's also why this game stands out this week? What's that? It's the only game where the teams did not play each other during the regular season. Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. Look at you. So we don't Dropping know. factoids. The- the Packers could be built to be the kryptonite of the 49ers. Yeah, the rest of these, we already know what the outcome is going to be. Don't even have to watch the game. Yeah, I really hope one, if not both, one seed goes down. Just because I feel like ever since week, what, 12, people have been like, hey, it's Ravens, Niners. No one's as good as them. <laughs> and I'm ready yeah, to there just... Was, there was like a short moment that Dallas had and then, you know, insert an, uh, an AFC team for like a few weeks. But yeah, I'm, I'm with yeah. you on that. It feels like... It was a long time where we were, we were, we knew what the Super Bowl was going to be. Too bad, uh, too bad Jim Harbaugh couldn't make it up there in time. Yeah, just redo the lights are out in the stadium Super Bowl. <laughs> so we spent all that time talking about the Packers and even the Cowboys. It's uh worth noting that San Francisco has the top offensive EPA per play this year. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy was an MVP candidate. They have Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. And Kyle Shanahan is so good that his system is now the most popular offense in the entire NFL. So it's fun to talk about the Packers. <laughs> right. It's probably realistic to talk more about the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, nine we're being half. pragmatic. We're gonna be we're gonna have a lot more weeks to talk about the 49ers. Yeah, nine and a half point spread. Which seems probably right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Probably right. Probably what was right. the what was the Green Bay Dallas spread? Was that seven? I can tell you what it closed at. Give me one sec. So if that's if that's correct, then Vegas thinks San Francisco would only be a two-point favorite over Dallas, two-and-a-half-point favorite over Dallas, or at least they did last week. Yeah, the, the spread closed at seven for Packers-Cowboys. I know. Maybe we should just just bet Green Bay money line. Yeah, and I, I know somebody who teased that down to, I think, like Dallas. They did like a five-point tease, like Dallas minus two. It's like, Or no, I think they may have teased it all the way down to like a pick them and free team seven pointer something like that yeah, still didn't go well yeah um turns out you still lose that bet also if you're just <laughs> yeah. if you're just gonna tease it down to a pick them why not just bet money line i don't know no one ever listens questions. to me no one ever listens to me no one i know gambling god damn it you know gamba i know gamba uh mike any more thoughts on this matchup here no uh might be cloudy and rainy so i mean maybe if you're a packers fan that's your hope is that it's rainy and Purdy falls apart. Yeah, is but there then, any chance that you can tackle Purdy once and he can tear the ulnar nerve in his elbow again? <laughs> Maybe. But then again, that game will just come down to like if the rain causes that game and to get getting into this like slow play the field position, run the ball. It's it's McCaffrey and the Niners defense and fucking Trent Williams. <laughs> like they're yeah. still better equipped to win that game. So. Yeah, nothing else to say. And Kyle Juszczyk. 
best fullback in the league. Yeah, and the only one. He's both the, the best one. and the only one. How dare you disrespect Reggie Gilliam? I won't have it. The guy that made Breaking Bad. <sighs> Next game. <laughs> Next game, the other one seed, Houston at Baltimore. Boy, let me tell you. Vegas really did not want to choose who they thought was better between San Francisco and Baltimore. So it's the same fa- fucking line. Damn it, you stole my factoid. It's the same what? line and the same over-under as when they played earlier. Oh, in the yeah, year. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is short-sighted. Because week one, this Texans team, it's not, the Texans are a different team than they were week one. Yeah, less Tank Dell. True. Much less Tank Dell. Less Noah Brown. I think Noah Brown's going to play this one. I know. I just got to live the, live the gimmick of bringing up Noah Brown every time we talk about injuries. Because <laughs> you always say, like, shut the fuck up. So the 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 underdog teams that won and are going up against the one seed are the Houston Texans and Green Bay Packers. Neutral site, who wins that game? Between Packers and Texans. Oh, neutral site? Oof. That'd be a good game. I'll, I'll just ride Stroud crowd. <laughs> I wanna, I do want to go ahead and give a big thank you to the Houston Texans defense for finally ending the stupid Joe Flacco thing. Oh yeah, two pick sixes, right? Yeah, we've been every week we've been on here. Like, is anybody paying attention to these god awful, ugly, terrible interceptions he's throwing? And then finally, it came back to bite him. Yeah, it turns out that when he throws two terrible pick sixes and only one touchdown the team that gets the two pick sixes is probably going to win. When yeah. your quarterback throws more touchdowns to the other team than your own team, <laughs> you're probably going to lose that game. It's not good. Also, Will Anderson, 22.6% win percentage. Let's go. Defensive rookie Grenard. of the year. Telling you, 20. man. Telling you. You know who's still in the playoffs? Will Anderson. You know who went home already? Jalen Carter. Carter. And their defense went. And, like I was looking up. I was like during that game or right before it, I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later when we get to the Buccaneers. You think, um, you think after this year, betting markets are going to have to start adjusting to Matt Patricia. Like they're going to have to put like a Matt Patricia variable in their formulas for predicting season outcomes. Was he fired the following day? Not that I heard of. Oh, Jesus. What are teams doing anymore? He's <laughs> just grabbing on by his fingertips to the doorway as they try to drag him out the door. To answer your question, Jonathan Grenard, um, 23.1% win percentage in that game. Go ahead. Name a, name a better duo in professional sports than Will Anderson and Jonathan Grenard. In the history of professional sports, name one. Name one. One <laughs> single one. Any of them. For some reason, there's that's like That's right. This, you can't name any. I don't know. Like this Montana rice thing that's popping in my head, but I, I don't they know. They don't make rice in Montana. They make rice in Asia. So oh, okay. that's dumb. What were we talking about? I think... Uh, I don't know. I kind of like, like this. Maybe it could be one of those things where they look so good and we love Stroud so much. But I'm like, eh, Texans plus nine and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a note that says nine and a half seems way too long for how good this team has looked. Yeah, down, down, one of their top wide receivers with no run game, going up against a top five defense by EPA per play. Kyle Hamilton will be playing, and we're both like. Nine and a half seems a little short. <laughs> uh, could you see like this being like a fallout, like a game where like Baltimore all of a sudden second half of the season started getting these 
offensive weapons involved that just blew up and played phenomenal. Do you think this could be like that game where we like see them, they, they like trip up, like all of a sudden it disappears? Coming off a of bye week with John Harbaugh in the building? I don't know, man. I don't know about that. You think John Harbaugh is more motivated and focused now after seeing his brother win a national title? <laughs> yeah, John Harbaugh, the second that national title ended, wrote what he's going to say when the confetti starts coming down. He already knows yeah. it. But, I mean, come on. Who's, like, Zay Flowers against this secondary? He's going to he's gonna scorch him. I, like, the, the Baltimore thing that hurts them is yeah. that they're still down to, you know, like, fucking Gus Edwards or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you got Lamar Jackson, you got you got Zay Flowers, you got Isaiah Likely, who suddenly is the second best tight end in the entire league. An excellent offensive line, a staunch defense. I don't know, man. I I, I love the the Houston plus nine and a half because I just really like this Houston team. But is like is Houston really going to take back to back defenses just to the fucking mat like they did against the Browns? No, because I think this defense is the inverse of the Browns I think Browns won games in the front seven all year compared to the Ravens who have just been like otherworldly in their secondary yeah and have the best linebacking duo in the league yeah so then like if you're the Texans you hope you can get some damage up front either on the ground short passes to like Singletary and stuff but I I think Devin Singletary is going to be the guy to go out and beat a number one seed. I, I don't know. What's your, what's respect. your Buffalo nickname for him? They called him motor. There I think that go. was his nickname. I think he started that. I think that's what they called him in college. Maybe at least I didn't see anything in his time in Buffalo for me to be like, yeah, that guy right there. He's a motor. Look at his motor. <laughs> he's uh they called him motor. Cause he moves at the same speed as a motor. Yeah. More of what I saw was like that guy right there. Pretty good change of pace back. Which is what he was supposed to be in Houston, and then Damian Pierce came back from injury and was like, "I, how do you? What does one play football?" <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me there's a speed faster than walking? Yes. So, I I kind of like the symmetry in this. Also, it's two black quarterbacks that were weirdly undervalued in the draft. Yeah, and it's so funny that C.J. Stroud felt undervalued. He went number two overall. I know, but it but, was just the conversation around him. Yeah, because th- there was so much talk about Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Malik Willis got all the talk going into that, and then no, people uh, were like, Anthony "Yeah, Richardson. yeah, Anthony Richardson." Anthony Richardson not, I'm sorry, not Malik Willis. Um, and then the people were like, "Yeah, Stroud's good. He'll, you know, he'll go early, but he's good." Yeah, but these he, other guys, <laughs> yeah, it, Stroud was like, "He's good at everything." Are we sure he's good because his wide receivers were good, mm-hmm. and he doesn't run? So are we sure he's good? And is his size going to be an issue? And so far. You can, you're taking a lap on that. And uh, Lamar Jackson on the other side was, yeah, this guy runs really well. And sure, he can throw the ball well. But what if oh. he's a wide receiver? I'm sorry. Was Did you just say that those were the talking points around Stroud or Bryce Young? Stroud. Why would I be talking about Bryce Young? You, I thought you said Bryce Young. My bad. Why would I be talking about Bryce Young? No, I, I don't know. Yeah, that, that <laughs> was the thing with Stroud. It was like, yeah, but he's like a pocket guy. And Okay, well, like let's rewind the clock like probably what like 10 years like maybe not even in the nfl and people would have been like oh he's a real pocket passer you gotta love this kid <laughs> and then guys came in like lamar allen mahomes and just changed that perception to where now everybody wants like a dual threat guy who can run 
And then same thing with Lamar. It was for some reason people thought that he wasn't like he was just like an athlete who at like high school and college football levels played quarterback because he was such a good athlete. But then it turned out like, no, he's actually a good quarterback. Yeah, he just has a really funky throwing motion too. And I think that that really threw people off. Yeah. Think about it. A few years from now, we could be getting this game Lamar versus Michael Penix. Oof. Be pretty sick. Penix Same is throwing so, motion. The throwing motion is so similar to where, like, people say it's a weird throwing motion, but it's not like a Tebow one where he, like, dipped the ball to his knee and then came around full circle. It's like this just beautiful little, like, bring it back and, like, this weird, like, flick of the yeah, elbow. If anything, if anything, it's too short. It's kind of like the Steph Curry shot where. If it should almost be a bonus. Like I get it looks weird, but there's no faster throwing motion than Michael Penix. Yeah, and some people would think like, oh, like that like shorter throwing motion, like does it have the power? And then it just fucking sails <laughs> 40, 50 yards down the field. It's like why That's are we the talking Lamar about thing this? that always happens to me is that Lamar looks like he just kinda like flicks it, like he's just trying to get it right over the offensive line, and then it goes sixty yards. Yeah, with like momentum. Yeah, like, I he, don't know how he does it. He drives the ball still. He doesn't like throw a floater up there. <laughs> Tim Tebow is one of those guys where it was like, oh, he's just a like a ridiculously good athlete. He can run. He's super tough, and you get away. You can get away with that a lot more, especially when you have a really good team around him. As far as like the defense and, and stuff like that. And you want to go back and talk about the game then? I, know, I was just gonna tell D'Amico Ryan too. I hate that they take they do the voting. I, I understand it. it is the right way to do it. Do the voting before the playoff starts. But I think that first round game like showed that. Like I'm gonna hate it when Stefanski his name gets called for coach of the year. Oh yeah, I think it's total. I think it's 100 percent totally wrong. I think Steichen probably was the favorite until the very last play that got called in in the winner go go home game in week 18. I think D'Amico Ryan's coached a master class in round one, and I'm just hope he doesn't overthink this. Like I know their secondary is really good, but fuck it, come out and sling it. Just go after him. Show that like we're not scared. I. I want Bobby Slowick in Landover next year so bad. So bad. That guy has created such a good offense for CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. Just get him in the fucking building, man. That guy, that guy, that guy can coach some football scheme, let me tell you. He's really good with quarterbacks drafted number 2. Like that's yeah. specialty. That that's yeah, that, that's why they actually brought him in initially yeah. to Houston. <laughs> who do you who do you think wins the game, Mike? Um. Well, I think for I think do think the Ravens win, but I still don't hate. Like I could see the Ravens jumping out to a size like a solid lead, but I could see garbage time happening in the Houston's covering. So I still do like the nine and a half. You like a you like a little like twenty nine twenty four Baltimore final, you like that. I think that sounds good. Twenty nine twenty four. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah. I've never seen Baltimore as like a big like run em up team. With the exception now, of the Niners game, they they just don't have a ton of possessions either. Like because they, they don't go to the air a lot. They they love you know to run the fuck out of the ball when they can. Yeah, and you have Lamar back there, so he's gonna take a lot of times where he's gonna scamper upfield. Mm-hmm. So you, you just don't get like a lot of dead play time to really run up the the clock, the way that you do with Miami, where Miami is throwing routes that are either gonna score a touchdown or go incomplete out of bounds. Yeah. I'm Mikey Ray. Talk about next game. Getting into some of the people that we actually watched both teams play last week. Yeah, let's hit it. What's up first? Tampa Bay at Detroit. I was trying real hard to find a storyline here, Mike. Trying real hard find uh, find you know a compelling storyline. What do these two teams have in common? 
who is this a revenge game for? Why should we get up for this game? And so, uh, I got Vita Vea versus Ben Johnson. What do you think? The other thing they have in common is they played each other in week six. It was a, a, a 20 to six uh, victory for the Lions. So you like that better than Vita Vea versus Ben Johnson? Um, yeah, I do like that better than Vita Vea versus Ben Johnson. I don't like this is another fun one that comes off after like what I guess technically by what the teams did last year in upset, but really wasn't when you consider how Philly was playing. Like it felt more like a pick 'em. Yeah. And this is the point I was going to make earlier, but I said I'd wait. Right before that game, or it was like early in the game when their defense was just getting like tore up from the floor up. No, I'm sorry. It was prior to it because I was cooking up a, a little parlay ski. Um, the way their defense fell apart down into like the bottom ranks of the league in EPA and bottom ranks of the league in just like your typical statistical data, like averages per game, et cetera, is so unbelievable. <laughs> From what they were last year, what they looked like in like the first like quarter of the season, and the way it's just fallen apart has been unreal. And I almost thought like because of how they ended, like is Nick Sirianni's job safe? Is the Eagles coaching position cursed to where every coach is gonna like ever since Andy Reid, who actually had consistent success, every other coach is gonna have like one good season for them people to be like, Oh yeah, good coach. You know, like Peterson wins the Super Bowl and then all of a sudden turns into a pumpkin. Sirianni goes on this run last year, makes it to the Super Bowl, and then this season happens. Dude, Chip, Chip Kelly. Yeah, I was going to say, Chip <laughs> Kelly, after one year, I was like, oh, this actually might work. We could have something. And then it just went terribly, got off of wrong. You remember the problem with the Chip Kelly thing? Refresh my memory. Remind me. It was like part of the reason that the Chip Kelly thing fell apart was because he wanted to play with so much pace on offense that mm-hmm. the defense never got to rest. He was going yeah. like no huddle on dead <laughs> balls. And so like the team would like go three and out, but it, like in real time, it would have been like four minutes. And so then he's like, all right, defense, get back out there. <laughs> the defense is just fucking exhausted. Yeah, he was, uh, he set college coaches back a couple years as far as teams willing to pull them from the collegiate ranks like nowadays because the like nfl style playbooks and and stuff have seeped more into into college there's like a little bit more of a safer feel chip kelly brought over like a very very college playbook you're saying it's the same as, far as played. dude no one gets hired from college anymore it's wild cliff kingsbury got a shot yeah cliff kingsbury and Matt Rule are the only two I can recently think of who got hired Matt, from college. Matt Rule's back in college now. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury just interviewed for the OC job in Chicago. Yeah. And then oh, Jim Harbaugh had success. And then for some reason, after having success for like three years, he's like, yeah, no, I'm good. That's Trent, him and Trent Baalke had issues, I think. But that like college coaches don't get hired in the NFL anymore, man. Like that used to be a thing. It was like, all right, either, you know, get yourself a up and coming coordinator or go to college. Now it's just get yourself an up and coming coordinator. Like, think about the people that are interviewing for for head coaching jobs in the NFL. If you just take away Jim Harbaugh, who has coached in the NFL before, so he doesn't count, mm-hmm. is there a single college coach who's getting an interview? You said take away Harbaugh. Yeah, because um, he's already coached in the NFL. So he's an NFL coach who also coaches in college. Now, I don't think anybody else is getting an interview. Yeah. 
part of it. They don't hire college coaches anymore, man. Right. This year, I don't know if there's a lot of getting interviews, but part of it is also, I think, when teams approach college coaches, they're approaching ones at very big programs who are very successful. And those college coaches are like, do you know the ridiculous amount of money I'm making here? Like, do you know that? And I have success and I enjoy my job. I enjoy coaching like young players and trying to develop them into NFL talent. Like, I, I like what I'm doing here and I get paid ridiculous amounts of money to do it. So I'm good. You don't think that someone could go to a college coach like Dabo Sweeney and say eight and a half million a year and you never have to recruit another player in your life. Oh no. And I said this about Dabo when there was like early on rumblings about, Oh, he used to play at Bama and Bama might want him to come back. He's so entrenched with what they're doing at Clemson. He has no desire to leave. If Jacksonville came to him and said, Come coach Trevor Lawrence. You'll never have to recruit. Eight and a half million dollars. No state income tax. You're moving like two hours down the road. You think he's saying no to that? Who? I'm sorry. Who are they coming to and saying that? Dabo Sweeney. Who else Dabo. coached Trevor Lawrence? No. He wouldn't go. Fucking ridiculous. This fucking guy. Thinks college football is important. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> But anyways, people don't hire college coaches anymore because uh, college coaches can't hack it in the NFL. That's why. Damn. That's why they can't. That's why they don't do it. So anyways, Ben Johnson, right? Talk about future coaches. Fucking Ben Johnson, defensive coordinator in Tampa Bay or, or the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. One of them is probably going to get a job. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite moment from Rams, Lions? Uh, at least it was a close game. <laughs> yeah, it's the only close game. Like, Thank God. What is Matt Stafford must lead the NFL in accidentally hitting other people's helmets with his hands when he's throwing the ball? I feel like every year he misses a couple games with a finger injury. Yeah, and it happened to get in this game. Yeah. Bro, stop here. Stop here. The ball's already gone. You don't have to keep going down. You don't have to karate chop people in the helmet every time, Matt. Oh, this is like vintage Stafford where he took that one hard hit and kind of got up like holding his arm, like favoring the arm and everything. And then went into the blue tent. And it wasn't even surprising because all throughout his career, Stafford just gets has gotten beat up. And then is like, ah, he's coming back though. He's fighting through it. Yeah, people people love to do the running quarterbacks are injury risks. Mm-hmm. But Matt's Matt fucking statue in the pocket Stafford is an injury risk. The guys that just stand there and get hit by a defensive tackle going full speed are the injury risk. Yeah. Puka also ends up in the tent at one point and comes back out. 182 yards. Is that how many he had in this game? Yeah, I know he set he set the record for that. It yeah, was, the rookie record. Yeah, it was un, unreal. Seriously, if we just did rookie of the year voting after round one of the playoffs instead of at the end of the regular season, the entire ballot might change. I mean, mind you, CJ Stroud probably is still holding on to it after his performance, but mm-hmm. Puka goes way the hell off. Um. Uh, uh, Will Anderson goes way the hell off. D'Amico Ryans goes way the hell off. Like, wildcard weekend should have been more important to this ballot. Yeah, I had... Like, I know in one of my parlays, I went Puka, obviously. But the parlay where I went Puka yardage, I had Cup getting the touchdown. Didn't happen. Cup was... He had five catches for 27 yards. Like, non-existent. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Cup's hitting 30. All of a sudden, the 26-year-old Puka Nakua is looking a lot more attractive. 
Yeah, cups at cups sitting thirty. He's dating girls who are twenty. <laughs> Classically, yeah. Classically, yeah. <laughs> Best wishes to Tyler Higby. That was just a brutal hit. Where after it happened, I was like, I don't know if he hurt his knee more or his neck more. <laughs> that looked <laughs> god awful. It turned out, yeah, it was the knee because he tore, I think, his ACL and his HCL. I didn't even know there was an HCL. Yeah, they're just making these up now. They're just finding right. cruciaceous ligaments in your knee to make mm-hmm. up. They, it's like when they, people plant drugs. They mm-hmm. did the MRI, but after they went in there and did surgery already to insert another ligament and tear it. They're yeah. Like, ah, yeah, look, you tore your fligama ligament. The, the other crazy thing about the puka performance is sometimes guys go off like that. It's pronounced puka-formance. Yes, puka-formance. Puka and you, you could kind of be like the one like party pooper who's like yeah but it was like one catch was like this much of it his long was 50 yards so even if you remove that he still had 131 yards in eight yeah. catches like it was it was unbelievable it's unfortunate we won't get to see it again this week but he'll be back next year him getting getting kirk cousins in the building oh yeah sammy My legit per- oh yeah you want to talk Made to Florida? It- Made a difference. I only had three catches for 14 yards, but he had a touchdown. And in a game where it was 24-20, what was the final score? Yeah, 24-23. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, pretty important. Laporta in week 18 has his ankle been the wrong way that looks like it's going to end his career. And the next week mm-hmm. comes back to score a pivotal, 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 pivotal touchdown in the first playoff game that Detroit won in like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Fucking, you know? Give yeah, contract. Was- that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Just give him a contract. I, I think, like, my biggest takeaway from that game was McVay, why? What are you doing? Like, they outgained, like, offensive yards-wise, they outgained the Lions, and the difference was he kept turning into a coward in the red zone on fourth down. Yeah, the, it's so weird that McVay is just such a gunslinger when it call, comes to play calling, except he's a coward on fourth down. I mean, they, they defaulted to field goals on fourth and short in the red zone several times. And also, he's terrible with timeouts. Yeah. They were out of timeouts at in two-minute situations in both halves. Sean, what are you doing? And then at the end of the first half, he has that whole thing where they get the ball back with 59 seconds and three timeouts. They run the ball once up the gut with Kyron Williams and then kneel it. Sean, you got three timeouts in Matt Stafford. Yeah. What are you doing? He got out. He got out. He's won a Super Bowl, but he got out coached by Dan Campbell. Biting kneecaps, you know? Dan Campbell, talk about a guy who'll go for it on fucking fourth down. Dan Campbell's like fourth and 20, fourth and 30. I'm going for it. Yeah, I'm trying to see where he did. He had the one this game. I thought he had won this game where he did it from like his own side of the field, but maybe not. Yeah, he had, he had one that was like on on his own like 40. Yeah. It was pretty early in the game. It might have been in the nope. first quarter. It, yeah, I think you're right. It might have been. Anyway, I'm not going to waste time looking for it. Yeah, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, great, great coaching job. Uh, personally, I really enjoyed the moment when Jared Goff decided to chest pass his football backwards for no reason. <laughs> yes. He had defenders bearing down on him, grabbed the ball with two hands and tossed it like he was learning the fundamentals of basketball. <laughs> Almost ended in a turnover. In a game that ended up with zero turnovers, by the way. Really? Huh. Huh. The more you know. The more you know. All right, let's. Uh, should we say anything about the actual game that is happening? Well, like I said, Vita Vea versus Ben Johnson. <laughs> Tampa Bay is better defense than 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 L.A. So, 
Goff's going to Goff at some point probably. Let me ask you this. What is the best narrative coming out of this if Tampa Bay manages to win? The narrative will completely be Goff. They won't get to the next level with Goff at quarterback. Yeah, I, I got Jared's going to Jared. Dan Campbell actually washed. Is that the take going to be? Like if Dan Campbell goes for it on two fourth downs, fails both conversions, and they lose like 27-24 – is it going to be actually Dan Campbell's just Brandon Staley again? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that happens. And my, my third possible narrative is Baker Mayfield actually good. Let's temper that until we see him. <laughs> like, I, I guess it's crazy. It got to this point, but is the, like, I, I guess the Lions defense is better than the Eagles. Who would have thought we'd ever say that? <laughs> yeah. There's Going no Aiden the Hutchinson on, uh, on Philly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Lions probably win this one pretty comfortably you see this whole thing coming out with baker this week where he talks about how he like lost all of his love for the game of football and was completely just over it by the time he got to carolina and then he went and played in la for mcveigh for a couple weeks and mcveigh was like you gotta go out there and just have fun and i was like i fucking love football again i feel like that's the biggest thing like when a qb starts to like totally doubt himself or is way in his head and that kind of stuff happens it's like just go out like you have nothing to lose at this point just go out there and fucking sling it dude yeah, sometimes you throw four touchdowns, sometimes you throw four interceptions, but Joe Flacco's still sleeping in a bed made of money tonight. <laughs> right, like worst-case scenario, your career stays dead. Best-case scenario, you get your swagger back, and all of a sudden you're back in the league making money. Like, Baker's going to – I feel confident saying Baker will be the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay next year. Yeah, that's generally the talk. I think he has yeah. one year left on his contract maybe. Mm-hmm. I think they signed him for two years. I know, I'd have, I'd have to go double-check that. and You know, my hands are in my pocket, so how am I going to do that? <laughs> Would it, what would be more surprising to you if this game ended up being like 35 to 10 for Detroit or like 16 14 for Detroit? What would surprise, surprise me more would be the 34 10 Detroit. Like the over under at this, I think it's currently set at 48 and a half. And I don't, yeah, 48 and a half. I would take the under in that. I, don't I think, think the it's over going to be that high score. You take the over in that one? I don't, yeah, I take the over. What, are you really afraid of Chauncey Gardner Johnson? Picking off Baker Mayfield. Running it all the way back. Oh, wait. Actually, that would add more points to the over. No, what? <laughs> Running I, it all back to the one. I got I got, I got, got too excited when I was doing my whole gimmick there. <laughs> I, yeah, I, saw, I, I actually made the argument for the over. <laughs> all right, Mike. You, uh, you ready to talk coaches? No, we have one more game. You want to talk some draft? We have one more game. Don't worry, I'm not. I don't have. I'm not going to go long on this talking about the Bills. It's a pretty short and sweet. Oh, we got to talk about the Bills' super sick win last week, where they narrowly escaped Pittsburgh. I'm not even like surprised. They've done it all year. It's like, oh, the Bills should. Like I said, it never take the Bills as a double, like anything higher than a three point. The only time they covered like a double digit spread was early in the year against Oakland. Everything else has just been close game after close game. Our we're playing like fourth stringers at defense at this point. Like it's just gotten wild. Still but, favored though, two and a half. Yeah, I mean we beat them during the regular season. They're coming to Buffalo this time. We're going to beat them again. I'm not scared of the Chiefs. You're not scared of getting some Kyer Elam covering no, Rishi Rice. Beating the Dolphins when it's like negative three or whatever it was. Negative doesn't, seven. Negative, negative four, seven. Like that doesn't really scare me. And also that was the one point I want to hit real quick on this one. Can we stop with like the Tua talk? Like they're not going to talk of Iloa. Yeah, like, did you hear me? Tua yeah, talk of Iloa. It was very, very clever. Tua talk stop? of Iloa. Can we stop with the whole like? They should uh, make that as podcast. 
the two talking by low hour. I'm not moving on past this until you, you recognize it a little more. <laughs> I, I sign off on it. Let's do okay. it. <laughs> yeah. um, they're not going to move on from him. You think so? like, even if he's just like fine, like NFL take NFL franchises take fine compared to the unknown. Unless like Patrick Mahomes comes available or something like that level, they're not moving on from Tua. What if they get like a Brock Purdy in the building? <laughs> like a new one, not the one we already have. But like, oh, okay. you, you know, former Shanahan disciple, middling quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo gets a late, late round pick in the building who can do the same offense, but well, costs a lot less money. No, if they get a Purdy in the building, then Tua's going to have to get hurt first to get the moment to step in. That's what that would never happen. No, he did stay healthy this year. Got to give him that. Except for, remember when he got his arm cut up, cut open? You can still see the scar of it on his tattoo. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. And I know like he played a bad game. Like, Unfortunately, he's going to be one of those guys where it's like, oh shit, it's cold, it's snowy. Not good for, for Tua. But like he's just... He's average, he's middle of the road, but teams hang on to middle of the road quarterbacks because based on what's out there, there's a lot more uncertainty than just taking what you have. And so they're going to keep taking what they have with Tua and try to build around them and hope they can win that way. Like, it's just not the talk is pointless. If I'm Mike McDaniel, really my concern right now is my running game because they want to run wide and get their guys out in space and in motion and everything, and it just was not working in the cold and frozen field. No, they they didn't get any traction running the ball. Yeah, HN went six for nine, and Mostert went eight for thirty-three. Now, Mike, let me ask you: Are those good numbers? Uh, well, I mean, technically, eight for thirty-three, he averaged four point one a carry, so that's just to where I call that acceptable. HN's one point five a carry, not great, not great now. <laughs> so, Tyreek Hill has a fifty-three yard touchdown, which is the only explosive play the Miami manages to pull off. Yeah. If you take away that play, how many yards a play do you think Miami averaged? Like six and a half. Three point six. Dear God. Uh, Three point six yards a play. Also, because of their injuries at pass rusher, they just blitzed the shit out of Mahomes. They blitzed yeah. him twenty four times on passing dropbacks. On those blitzes, hundred and thirty seven yards. So you're saying it didn't work. It did not work. <laughs> did not it work. turns out that good quarterbacks are good against the blitz. Get out of town. Fucking Rashi Rice. Fucking Rashi Rice. Had a good popping game. Off. Yeah, popping off. So you think someone else besides Rashi Rice going to go off now? Isn't that kind of the idea? Why they didn't pay for any wide receivers and are just like, oh, what if we just have terrible wide receivers? Because then any of them can go off. It's the Lakers strategy. It's the Patriots strategy. <laughs> Like we have, we have Brady and Gronk. We're fine. So Rashi Rice is their old Julian Edelman. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> have any um, of the wide receivers on the Chiefs ever played lacrosse? Oh God, I hope not. No, because we'd hear about it every game. <laughs> you know, Marquis Valdez Scantling actually played lacrosse in college. That'd be wild if he played lacrosse. It's usually more of a preppy white boy sport. It'd also be great to watch Marquise Valdez Scantling catch a ball in a net and then somehow still drop it. Yeah. <laughs> you wanna you wanna talk uh, Mahomes helmet explosion for a second? You got any thoughts no, on that? I like I don't care. It was like all over Twitter. People were like, "Oh my god!" Helmet, it's kind of sick in the moment. <laughs> it was a wild moment. It's just like kind of like all right, cool. It would been it, uh, the only way it could have been better is if like the entire helmet disintegrated. And Mahomes just standing there helmetless. 
That'd be kind of sick. Okay, well. Kind of sick. Scrambles out of the, the contact. Throws a wicked 60-yard bomb to Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Damn. Picking off my hopes. I, uh, um, you, got any, you got any more thoughts on, uh, on on the Dolphins before we move on and talk Bills, Bills Steelers a little bit? No, we can talk Bill. Oh, I don't really have anything to say about Bill Steelers, but if you have something you want to say, go for it. You don't have anything to say about Bill Steelers? No. Really? It went the way I expected. That's about it. Well, everyone who gambles was correct on this one. Yeah, every bet pit plus ten on that. Every bad, like every team, we're expected to be way better than the Bills are. Like, now don't worry, we're gonna it's gonna be close, guys. Don't worry, we'll let you look good. We'll let you hang around. Like they, for some reason, every week they go into games that they're expected to have no problem with, and they're like, all right, game plan, boys, come out strong, let the other team back into it, wait till our ass is like against the wall, then take care of business. <laughs> like it's never like go out, get up, step on their throat, put it away. It's always fuck around. You want to talk about the Josh Allen run at least? Oh, I mean, that's Joshy. That's what he does. What are you talking about? Let me ask you this. Uh, was it a fake slide? Not that I saw. Okay. When he has that little hits there, people have been ta- asking if it's a fake slide. No, it's a little juke. If he, and if, he pulled out, if he pulled out the picket in front of picket. Yeah, is a fake is, did they, is fake slide not okay? No, fake slide's, fake slide's still legal in the NFL. They just yeah. they made it illegal in college. Yeah, I mean, it's just as, like, even if you think it's shitty, it's just like using eight people to push your quarterback one yard. I mean, it's no different. It's questionable, but it's allowed. So, I mean, even if it wasn't a fake slide, still just a ridiculous quarterback run. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Gosh. rugby. Like he was just busting through tackles. Yeah. At what point in that run do you think Josh Allen went, yeah, I'll score a touchdown. <laughs> you think it was like two steps in? Like he was like, I only see six defenders in front of me. I can do this. Or do you think it was like, Get into the sideline, one defender to beat. I think the second, every time the second Josh crosses the line of scrimmage, he's thinking, I'm going to go score a touchdown, even if he doesn't. Like, he's, that's his, he's a, he competes, competitive. One of the it's things almost, I loved about him. It's almost generally the problem with Josh Allen is that every time the ball is in Josh Allen's hand, he goes, What if we scored a touchdown right now? <laughs> yeah, it, it can be sometimes. If Buffalo uh, manages to pull this off and win the Super Bowl, is that the moment that's going to get replayed? Is that, is that going to be what the entire playoff run is going to be like? Oh my God, the Josh Allen run. Either that or him stiff-arming Fred Warner into oblivion in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Getting revenge for uh, Josh Norman when Derrick Henry did it to him. He's going to stiff-arm Fred Full Warner. Circle. He's going to leap to Sean Gibson and then take it another 70 yards into the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> Run it back. Kick Bills, Nick Bosa in the butt. Bills are winning the Super Bowl. It's about time people accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> Barely got past the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> It's happening. <laughs> a terrible Pittsburgh Steelers team. Fucking, you barely beat Mason Rudolph, and you lost Christian Benford. Who, by the way, Christian Benford goes down, and I'm like, oh my god, his career's over. He tore everything in his leg, and they went, yeah, he sprained his ankle. He's questionable. <laughs> it's up in the air. You might play. The more at worrisome least, part. At least when Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, he refuses to get on a cart. He will drag it up a hill, in the yeah. snow, both ways. This is probably the big Kelsey performance in the playoffs because I think we're down to like our ninth and 10th linebacker. <laughs> like if like, uh, like even the guys you've had going usually are questionable at this point. So not looking great. You just got to hope that Travis Kelsey gets distracted with a Taylor Swift song stuck in his head okay. or just hope I, it keeps I, snowing. Eventually I wonder that's gonna if, things out. Is Buffalo too small of a city? You think she's showing up here? <laughs> 
Do they have a press box in Buffalo? We do. We could we could put her in one. <laughs> I if I'm Taylor Swift, I wouldn't want to go to Buffalo. Why? Like Buffalo fans don't get enough credit for being absolutely insane. Oh yeah. Like no one talks about when they were throwing dildos at Tom Brady anymore. <laughs> Elite moment. I've never been prouder of my fan base. Because it wasn't something shitty or like trashy, like yeah, I threw a bee can at him or something like that. Some dude brought a dildo to that game. <laughs> and it raises the question, how did he sneak it in? <laughs> Take the, the old heroin hatch? <laughs> yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do to get that in there. I don't know. Is that one of the banned items? Did he go through security and they were like, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but okay. <laughs> and then as Here's we went the flying thing. onto the field, that guy was like, God damn it. I should have stopped him. It was the Jack Nicholson guy. Yeah. Um, Dude, he's just like doing this. Yeah. See, yeah. I don't know what to call that guy, but everyone knows who I'm talking about when I call him the Jack Nicholson guy. Um, yeah, re- really fat Jack Nicholson. Really fat Jack Nicholson. Um, Here's the other thing about Buffalo fans. They're still doing the table thing. Like, the table thing was, like, cute and kind of funny, like, three years ago. They're still, still doing it. Yeah. Like, no one talks about it anymore. It's not going on to social media. People aren't sharing it. They're still jumping through flaming tables every single game. Yeah, the one game I was at last year, I like, standing at tailgate, and all of a sudden there's, like, this commotion, and everybody's, like, drawn over to it as a dude's about to jump off a car through a table. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not it's not a thing anyone talks about. It's just a thing Buffalo fans do for the love of the game. Right, yeah. It went from like this like thing we did that everybody was like, Oh, it's crazy they did that and it kinda like got attention for a little while and now it's like, No, this is ingrained in our DNA. It's very commonplace. <laughs> like, so I'm saying do. all that to say if I'm Taylor Swift, I'm not setting foot in Buffalo because I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> I don't like, know. It- Buffalo fans are just crazy enough to learn all the lyrics to every Dua Lipa song and sing it for the entire <laughs> game when Taylor Swift is sitting there. <laughs> you're like a sleeper agent that i can activate whenever (laughs) i want so yeah uh on the game we're going we're been going for a while i'll just say injuries are concerning we still have josh allen we're still winning the super bowl i don't care what you say 13 second game revenge game will josh allen score a score a touchdown in 11 seconds Maybe. I mean, I don't think... I think by the time there's 13 seconds left, we're up by two scores, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's 40 to 1. Yeah, so I, I'm not 40 to 1. <laughs> uh, this is also the overtime rule change game, which we're, that's the same game, right? 13 second and overtime rule change. Yeah, after we got... Typical Buffalo fashion, we get fucked, and then they're like, I guess we can change that rule. <laughs> is, this new, get- uh, is this a new Manning Brady? Are we just going to get this every year? That's so funny you said that because I was com- like completely thinking that. Like, this is the new Manning Brady in that, like, the QB matchup and everything. It also tracks that, like, regular season, we've had, we have had success against them the same way Manning had success against Brady. But then, like, there's still the wall we can't get over in the playoffs to get there. Like, we yeah, have if to. If only you had to go through Cincinnati, too, really just exercise all your demons. Right? I mean, it's Jordan and the Bulls had Bird and the Celtics. Oh, no, they had uh, the yeah. fucking Pistons. Bad Boys yeah. Pistons team. Um, I think there's been a lot. I feel like there's been a lot of those in, in basketball or really all sports. But we have, to, like, we have to get through them to get there. And this is the year we do. We get through them in strong fashion. And uh, we're off to Baltimore. 
is the most you don't know how to feel confused feeling going to be if you beat Kansas City in an emotional game and then proceed to get blown out by Baltimore? Is that the most possible, like, I don't know how to feel about this outcome? That is, like, that will always be a worry that if we... Because, like, the year we got to the AFC Championship and played the Chiefs, we, like, got through that second round. We beat Baltimore in the second round, and it was this big, like, holy shit, we got back to the AFC Championship. And it had that feeling of, like, oh, shit, we just won our Super Bowl. And then we went in there and lost to Kansas City, <laughs> a game that may have ended up being one score by the end, but it was, like, garbage time touchdowns, and Kansas City was really in control the whole, in control the whole time. Um, so there's the worry that if we get over the Kansas City hump, we go into the AFC Championship. There could be a letdown, but we've been to that the AFC Championship before, and we've beat Kansas City before in the regular season, so it may not be like that, and it won't be because, as I said, the Bills are winning the Super Bowl, and people are going to have to learn to accept it. I also really like the symmetry in this game because Kansas City's best strength right now is Patrick Mahomes, and their second best is their defense, and for mm-hmm. Buffalo, it's like the best strength is Josh Allen, their second best is their receiving core, and the defense is just totally beat up, and then the Kansas City offense is just dog shit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Yeah, kind of get, get symmetry. The best. This is the best two running backs to be featured in a Kansas City Buffalo game, mm-hmm. in Isaiah Pacheco and James Cook. I don't know, man. Looking forward yeah. to it. Where would these teams be if you just with a big the big crane from Toy Story come in? You pick Josh Allen. You pick Patrick Mahomes off the team, and you drop him somewhere else, and you replace him with Kirk Cousins and a clone of Kirk Cousins. What would these teams' records be? A wild card record. I don't even think that, man. I don't think they make the playoffs. Like maybe the Bills have the weapons. But their defense, man. Right, but maybe the Chiefs have the defense. They're able each able to like get ten to nine wins out of it. I don't That's know. bold, man. I think I think that these quarterbacks have singularly dragged these teams from the rosters being oh. non playoff competitive into division winners. That's what, you know, top five QBs in the league do. And the last, my last point on this game is just that I, I, I know everybody is pointing. Every week people pointed out, like, the Bills struggled against blank. They barely won against blank. Keyword there. They won. We keep winning. Oh, we're, DJ Collin, we the best. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, until an L shows up on the, uh, on the, the the schedule. I word. And when Houston beats Baltimore, you'll get another home game in play in uh, Buffalo. Oh my god, an AFC Championship game in Buffalo. Jesus Christ. Tables They'll will run be sold out, out. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be sold out in stores. <laughs> that poor woman who needs them to for her horror convention won't be able to get any. Yeah. <laughs> she put, that's how she feeds her family, Mike. These tables are my livelihood. They're how I pay for my house. No one you don't know how to fucking idea what we're talking about. <laughs> you don't know how to treat the the crypt keeper. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your final score prediction here for this one? Um, thirty-one seventeen Buffalo. Well, there you have it. That's the final score of the game. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. You want to uh, any other playoff stuff we need to talk here? We miss anything? I think we got it all. You think AJ Brown gets traded? Has there been talk about that? I I know. I'm sorry. Seems real unhappy. Real? Un- yeah, he he definitely had the uh, the appearance of a man who wasn't happy there down the stretch. 
All right, Mike. So you you came up with this idea, but mm-hmm. what we're gonna do here is we're gonna draft a coaching staff from fired coaches. Okay. And then I have I have some bonus superlatives at the end for uh, for some teams I came up with. So you got to draft coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. But those don't have to be the positions they coached this year. So you right. you can take a head coach who got fired and make him your defensive coordinator, or you can take an offensive coordinator who got fired and make him your head coach, which would be a move, to yeah. say the least. <laughs> All right, Mike, you uh you wanna you wanna kick it off here? You wanna draft first? Uh sure. So my number one overall pick, the number one overall pick in this draft. Wait, did we decide is Belichick in the in it? Yeah. Okay. He he got shadow fired. Yeah, right. It was to save face. They said mutually. Sorry to part ways. Or to show respect to the man. Um, I'm taking Mike Vrabel as my head coach. Really like what he did in uh, Tennessee. Built a culture. Made that team, despite only winning, what, six or seven games this year. They were definitely uh, more. Four games, Mike. Tennessee only won four games? I don't know. Something like that. No. Maybe five games? No. No. <laughs> um, six. You know, six and eleven. Like I said, only winning seven or six games this year. Once again, I was right. Um, they still were more competitive at times than they should have been. And I mean, he built a very good culture there. I can sometimes be a culture guy. So, but my big difference between going to him or Belichick is he's younger. I'll have him longer. Or you'll have him for the three years that he lasted in Tennessee. He was more than three. Less than five. <laughs> Less than twenty. All right, Mike. My my head coach pick is Bill Belichick. Gonna <laughs> gonna bring him in the building. Gonna get him that Don Shula record. He can get it in two years if we win every single game. And that's real, the plan. Uh, that's real the plan quick, yeah. What's up? What do you what do you think about him? Interviewed and talk about him being the next head coach of former team town alone, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh boy, we're really gonna have to talk ourselves into Atlanta next year again. This is gonna happen all over again, isn't it? No, no. When they have when they somehow end up with Michael Penix and Bill Belichick as head coach, and we're just gonna be sitting there going. I, I know last year it didn't work out, but Michael yeah. Penix and Bill Belichick? <laughs> Who knows? We're going to be so upset come week 18 next year when we pick the Atlanta Falcons again somehow, and once again they're terrible. Six years. Mike Vrabel was with the Titans. <laughs> so not less than six. <laughs> Excuse you. I said less than five. Oh, you're still wrong. <laughs> All right, ready for my next choice? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna zig. You think I'm gonna zag here? Mm-hmm. You sold me. I'm gonna give him another shot. Ken Dorsey, come on in, offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> Hated some of what he did. Loved also what some of he did. I feel like he was very similar to Josh Allen. Into every play, he was like, "What if he scored a touchdown on this play?" <laughs> no matter where we were on the field. My only worry really with him, but uh, I'll give him another shot. Ken Dorsey also. Pretty renowned as the guy that was able to rein Josh Allen in, get him working underneath, throwing him the flat. Yeah. I, um, you should be banned from being able to draft Ken Dorsey. This is fucking bullshit. I know. You wanted Ken Dorsey's head on a pike, and I was defending him, and you're taking Ken Dorsey with the number two pick in your draft? I feel like he deserves uh, another shot. Fucking ridiculous. I'm a man of second chances, and I can also tell I just took who was going to be your offensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> He is the you, best one. From wouldn't it be list. funny if I followed this up and drafted Jack Del Rio? <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> that would be pretty 
wild. Yeah, I can't believe you don't want Mick Lombardi, who's literally had bad o- offenses everywhere he's gone, and yeah. still gets jobs as offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not drafting anyone with the last name Lombardi. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two pick. I think this. I think that the the guy that I was gonna take here is gonna fall. I don't think you're gonna take him. Okay. So I'm gonna take a guy that's at slightly more risk of being taken. I think Brandon Staley. Ooh. Defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. Get him back in the building. Brandon Staley, who made defenses so good that he got a head coaching job at like 36 after being a defensive coordinator for one season. It's not bad. Not bad. That's one of, that's Bill, one Bell, of the good. Bill Belichick and uh, and Brandon Staley. Bad might be a bad uh, <laughs> might be might be a bad building to be in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how funny it would be to show up to work for this team. Yeah, it, like there's a lot. Like, on the fired list, I feel like for offensive coordinator, a lot of ways you could have gone. Like, Josh McDaniels is very good. Um, Arthur Smith would probably be better as an offensive coordinator. Like yeah, there's, in fact, he was in Tennessee, where you fucking just love how long Mike Vrabel's been there. Yeah, so there was a lot. Like, I feel like there's some anymore. good ones. I mean, for defensive coordinator, like, none of the coordinators that actually got fired really tickled my fancy. Well, Mike, it is your last pick, and all you have left to open is defensive coordinator. It's tough. It's tough, you know. I guess Fuck. you could take another offensive coordinator and just make one of them coach defense. <laughs> make really one of defensive coordinator. Like, yeah, I go down there. Not a big Mark, uh, uh, Wink Martindale guy. For some reason, I always want to call him uh, Mink Wartendale, and that's not right. <laughs> I think you want to call him Mark Winkendale. That's it. That's what I always want to call him. Uh, not a big Jack Del Rio guy. I don't think he would vibe with uh, some things and some opinions that I want in my building. <laughs> for instance, uh, vaccinations and not voting for Trump. Yeah. Uh, you took Staley off the board. Get Mike Caldwell? That guy's been in the NFL forever. It's a risk here. I'm going to go ahead. I don't really have much better choices. I'm going to go ahead and take Rowboat Ron as my defensive coordinator. Damn, man. Yeah. Rowboat Ron hasn't, hasn't coached defense in a minute. He hasn't. But maybe I can bring it back to what was my other choice? Like I guess I could have went Pete Carroll. Yeah. Or but. Frank Reich and have him coach defense. It's not working out on offense. Maybe it'll work <laughs> out on defense. That's true. But now I'm gonna go ahead and uh Shit. I kinda wish I would have taken Carroll as my H C and Vrabel as my D C, but it's all right. You can switch them. That's fine. <laughs> no, You're on your can't. team. No, you we, can't you cha- we can't change picks. So actually you know what? I'm gonna take Pete Carroll as my defensive coordinator. I like to change that up. We've I've I've taken the card back from Roger Goodell, so he can't announce the pick. And I scribbled out Rivera and put Pete Carroll. I like Pete Carroll. I want him on the sidelines, hands on the knees, chomping that gum, baby. Welcome I to the team, I put him up Pete. in the booth if he's on my team. Yeah. Chomp gum on the booth. I don't need you at the sideline. Fucking defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinators are never in the booth. It's always nah. offensive. Well, notably, I, which has my, been my word of the podcast today, Dan Quinn, booth guy. Worked out great for him in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Quinn got fucking screwed out of coaching opportunities <laughs> yeah. after that loss, man. <laughs> All right, Adam, who's your offensive coordinator? Ah, uh, Mike McDaniels. Not Mike McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> taking, taking Mike McDaniels straight <laughs> off of Miami. Josh McDaniels. We're getting the 07 Patriots squad back together, brother. I know. I love it. Yeah. Got Belichick. Josh McDaniels. Huge upgrade of defensive coordinator with Brandon Staley. Whew. My team's winning 40 or 50 games this year. I just like how I went with two like guys who had the appearance of like kind of like an old school appearance of a football coach, you know, like they, they're like big culture guys 
and Carol and Vrabel. And then I was like, here's this nerdy looking dude named Ken Dorsey. He's going to do offense. <laughs> Can't you kind of imagine? Can you kind of imagine Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel being in like some old homeschool three-way porn? Then they kind of seem like the guys <laughs> that would be in that. I don't, I don't I can imagine just like them just like screaming an inch away from each other's faces every time they have a good play. You think they would accidentally kiss on the sideline? <laughs> being too close. Like they'd be yelling and suddenly you'd just see Mike Rabel reach into his mouth and hand the gum back to Pete Carroll. I could see them talking for the season and variable being like i'll cut my dick off to win a super bowl and carol would be like i'll cut my balls off to win a super bowl and dorsey's just in wide-eyed in the corner like i'm i'm not i'm not doing either of that dorsey's just sitting there with a calculator and a film deck <laughs> like, yeah i've i've watched every clip of the 1999 rams and i have some ideas guys i think i've done it <sighs> what if pete carroll it turns out his fountain of youth was just being a head coach and, like, he comes back after the offseason and just suddenly looks like fucking Jerry Jones. Is him going into the front office just, like, totally... You think how much of it was his decision? None someone of would, he's, yeah, some of, he's so, Yeah, he's so unhappy. He's already come out there and said that he's a head coach and he wants to keep coaching. He loves coaching. It's what he lives for. So he's going to get interviews, right? Is the hope from the Seahawks that just, like, if he doesn't find somewhere he likes or doesn't get picked up, they'll still have him in the building? I think the hope from the Seahawks is just to trade him. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. They hang on to him. They're going to Sean Payton his ass. Which actually might be a new thing that more teams need to do. <laughs> like, try to convince their coach to, like, in the meantime, like, hey, gives you a backup plan. You have a paycheck if you want to move up front. And then also, we could trade you and get something out of this. It's kind of surprising they didn't do that with Vrabel. Although, Vrabel apparently had some beef with the owner. And there's really no coming back from that. Unless your owner dies from an opioid overdose, then... You hear about this Jim Mersey stuff? No, he died from an opium overdose? No, he, they found him unresponsive <laughs> in December. Holy shit. Yeah, they used Narcan on him, and he like started being responsive and been in the hospital. And then the team was just like, yeah, Jim Mersey's in the hospital with respiratory illness. Mike, I, I know a lot about respiratory illness, <laughs> but I've never heard of respiratory illness being cured by Narcan. By Narcan, yeah. That, that doesn't really track for me. I've never heard of that, but I'm yeah. not a doctor. so. Look, Jim Mersey can do whatever he wants to do in his spare time, you yeah. know? Tons of opioids, save whales, not pay Jonathan Taylor. Whatever Jim Mercy wants to do, he can do in his spare time. I'm not here yeah. to judge the man. But the team doesn't have to, like, blatantly lie and just hope all of us will believe him. We don't know if they're lying. You're not a doctor either. <laughs> I had a I had a cold last week, and I just took some Narcan. It felt great. <laughs> <laughs> just like Uma Thurman and Pulp Fiction yeah. jammed it into your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are, what are your uh, superlatives here? I think you said you had some team names you wanted to run by. Yeah, so I, I got the uh, the old guy still got it. This one didn't work out, but my old guy mm -hmm. still got it. Is uh, Pete Carroll head coach, Ron Rivera defensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy offensive coordinator. That one didn't work out because I was I thought McCarthy was going to get fired. But. Yeah, I totally expected to be jotting him down on adding him to the list, and then it didn't. And then Jerry Jerryed. By the way, did you know Leslie Frazier has gotten two interviews? Yeah. What are we doing, guys? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's like the NHL thing. Anybody who's been in the game like a long time has like respect is like respected by a bunch of people. So they're like, yeah, I'll bring you in. <laughs> I mean, sure. Uh, the the team I ended up drafting here, I had written down as per live. I, I call it the CEO and studs model. Mm -hmm. You just get you get the guy that knows everything and the two guys that have had a ton of success as coordinators. So that would be Belichick, Staley, and McDaniel's. 
And then my favorite one, the you've already lost the locker room <laughs> coaching team. That's your head coach, Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. Congratulations, you've already lost the locker room. Yeah, I don't. I can't imagine any player hearing that news and being like, "I don't, I don't like those guys." <laughs> Shit's not gonna work. Mm-mm. All right, Mike. We had we had one more thing on our uh, on our rundown, which was the worst fits draft. Where we're gonna go through the top ten and just yeah. talk reasonable spots where people can go that would be absolutely terrible for everyone involved. Yeah. But uh, we're kind of we're kind of running out of time here. So just a quick question, Mike. You think we go quarterback, top one, two, and three in the draft? <laughs> so the news that came out that the Bears weren't ruling out taking Caleb really hurt my Marvin Harrison Jr. going number one take from last week, <laughs> which is unfortunate. I don't know. It depends if the Jaden Daniels hype sustains. He won a Heisman. He won a Heisman. Yeah, people are, that means people you're are loving football. him right now. So, I mean, that's also good for Arizona because it's like, we're going to have Marvin Harrison Jr. sitting there for us at four? Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that works out fantastic. Yeah, Arizona doesn't have to do shit. They could just sit still and get Kyler Murray, his weapon of the next seven years, eight years. Yeah. It's a pretty good if deal. We, the, if we went through and actually had, had time to do the our little game there, it, Marvin Harrison wouldn't be allowed to be an answer for anything. He's a good fit everywhere. He's a good fit. Ever. Like, th- think he's a good fit on the Patriots. There's okay. Well, I mean, I, I, here's my my reasoning is it comes down to like he it, remove quarterbacks. He's the absolute hundred percent best player in the draft. If you remove the value that quarterbacks have because they're involved in every single offensive play of the game, Marvin Harrison Jr. would be the best player in this draft. So there is no situation where you can be like adding Marvison Harrison Jr. actually wouldn't be a great situation. <laughs> why do you why do you say all? You always say Marvison Harrison. Marvison Harrison's juniors. <laughs> My bad. MHJ, for short. There's uh, a bad situation. Meanwhile, that's, thing. that's why I don't like MHJ. Meanwhile, for all ten, if you wanted to, you can make a very strong case Brock Bowers because no one who is a bad enough team to get a top 10 pick should take a tight end in the top 10 because I don't know how it's fixing all your problems. <laughs> I just know it's going to be so funny when Atlanta yeah. takes them. Um, all right, Mike, we, we got to get out the door here. You got you got anything to plug this week? Yeah, so I dropped this week's on Saturday, came out on Tuesday. So that's out there, me talking about Nick Saban, my oops, all Saban edition, because that's all I had time to talk about. I'm um, having another on Saturday coming up next week where we're going to catch up on a lot of more of what's been going off the transfer portal, QB changes, uh, people declaring for the draft, such as J.J. McCarthy. Um, so that will be fun. And definitely got to get back on the horse and start thinking about what my next non-college football piece is going to be. I have to like recalibrate because during college football season, I took the fact that I was the guy who was going to take care of that end of things for the website i took it very seriously and like like delve into like majority of my podcast listening time was college football watched as many games as i physically could every week and just like put so much into that that now i need to like recalibrate and split my time up more evenly through other sports um so hopefully i'm able to do that and i'll get something else out non-college football related soon other than that follow me at town alone mike and we should be not too far out from some more good old-fashioned pro wrestling predictions. So look forward to that. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> you can uh, follow me, Town Alone Adam. Of course, always come here. Check out 
the podcast on Mondays and Thursdays. Is that when we record it? We're so our schedule's been thrown off. <laughs> Mondays and Thursdays, right? Mondays and Thursdays, and Basky is on Saturdays. Basky is on Saturday. This week we'll have Tyler back on the podcast to do a little uh, a little hate watch draft, mm. as well as probably talk about the Oilers. Check out League Pass Watchability Rankings. It's come out every Tuesday. They uh, came out this week where we talked about the Pascal Siakam trade, as well as uh, the Celtics' home win streak. So be sure to be sure to tune in and see that. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure out some other stuff as we get into the summer. And I don't have to record three podcasts a week. We might might be looking into some video content. So uh, if you're out there and you want to make tons of video content for us for free and have us make money on it, uh, let us know. At uh, talentalonepod at gmail.com. And with that, Mike, you got to give shout-outs to the one and only, the patron saint. I could... Big... Is there any... Is there anyone on the saints with a big dick? <laughs> All right, Mike Taysom. says no, so we're going to end there. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Taysom the hog hill. <laughs>